Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. That's right, it is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo for the final hour here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Friday afternoon. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron88 and find all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Have a look at the stock watch, some players on the rise, some players falling. What do you do? Do you buy low? Do you sell high? Get those answers now. Of course, we already got a ton of football coverage. It's never too early as Sean Childs. Has a look in-depth Buffalo Bills team outlook. He's beginning his series on these team outlooks, and they're very in-depth looking at the offense, the coaching, the defense, uh, basically every position, the schedule, just really in-depth, breaking it down. And, you know, it's a good way to get started and get involved in your football prep. And, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, it's only May. Look, if you want to be really good and you want to compete at the highest level, you got to be working on this year-round for pretty much every sport right now and get started because you don't want to let these outlooks pile up and all of a sudden you got to look at all 30 uh, because these are extensive. So, you know, I think it's really good timing. You know, you could sit there, read the bills. Another one will filter out. Uh, you don't want to fall behind. So this way you could have a lot of them covered by the time you get to early July, mid-July, and, you know, you'll have a good feel for every single team You'll get involved in some best ball drafts, which you can do right now, playffwc.com. So really good way to get involved. Uh, we got to look at the closer depth chart bullpen updates. Dr. Roto continues his uh, divisional recap of the draft, looking at the AFC West today. And, of course, you can ask your questions on the message boards and the forums where you can go really in-depth. You know, a lot of times you got character limits on Twitter and maybe you want to put a, a big portion of your roster to give us a good context on a decision you're trying to make. So you can really go in-depth there, unlimited space, and you'll get an answer from either myself, Sean Childs, or Dr. Roto. So check that out. Become a member today. And, of course, uh, fulltimefantasy.com slash DFS as well. I uh, got already an article up looking at the slate today in DFS for MLB. We got PGA, MMA, NBA, NHL. Still some contests you can play here in the playoffs. And also, you know, if you want to adopt a dynasty team, Head on over to play, ffwc.com slash dynastyforsale.php. I put the link up. It's in my Twitter as well. Tweeted it out this morning and last night. So you can head over there and you can look at each team. Click on the roster and look. And you might say, wow, this is a really good dynasty team. I can do something with this and take it over. And uh, it's a good way to get yourself immersed in dynasty. A lot of people always ask, you know, how can I get involved in a dynasty league? Here's a way to do it. So you can either adopt a team or start from scratch. But a lot of times, uh, some of these teams look really good. So go over there, look at the rosters, and decide, hey, you know what? This might be a good one for me. Uh, and if you're ready to do a best ball draft, you can head over to playffwc.com. 
We'll have Rudy Gamble from Rasbol join me in the next segment. Very good player. Uh, me and him have been battling in Tout Wars Mixed League Draft for the last several years. I won it two years in a row. He won the last two years as I finished second. So uh, he's currently in first place now. He also has some leagues where he's got a ton of injuries. And this is a very good player. So we'll get his insights on what do you do? Because I know a lot of you out there now have been hammered with injuries. And you feel like I have no shot. You feel like you want to give up. And I've always said, for anyone who has followed me over the years, never give up no matter what. Just set your lineup, make ad drops. I hate people who quit. You will never see me quit. And most of the time, I'm battling for a playoff spot or in contention. But there have been a couple of years where, you know, your team's not good. Like right now, I'm pretty much am content with every team I have except one. It's the NFBC auction where I'm terrible. Like anything that could go wrong has gone wrong. It's one of those years where basically – you have seven reserve spots. Six of my guys are injured right now. So there's not much I can do. I'm not going to quit. <laughs> I'm down a below 50% of my fab. It doesn't mean I'm going to quit. I'm going to keep plucking away and hope that some of those guys can get healthy. Uh, maybe make some reinforcements off the waiver wire. But realistically, it doesn't look good. You know around this time of year, and maybe more towards the end of this month, you know whether your team is legit or not. And I look at that team, and there's a lot of work to be done. But if I can get some of these guys healthy... There's a shot. It's bleak, but I will never give up. So uh, Rudy can talk a little bit about a couple of his teams where he has a lot of injuries and what he's going to do. Uh, so we'll talk to him coming up in the next segment. Uh, we will go over some of the news right now. It is official. The Indians placed Corey Kluber on the 10-day injured list uh, with a non-displaced fracture of his right ulna. Now, uh, he was hit by the line drive on Wednesday. The x-rays and a CT scan said that it's not good. Uh, all the Indians will say right now is he's not going to have surgery for now, and they're going to reevaluate him in three to four weeks. So we really don't have a timetable for him at this point. Now, if you have an injured list spot, then it's easy. You just put him on the IL. I would not drop him yet in other leagues until we get a little bit more information. Now, he could wind up missing two to three months. At that point, yeah, you're probably going to drop him because you might not get him back until August. But I think you need to wait for more confirmation before you cut him. Uh, now, there are circumstances where I might say, yeah, you have to. Maybe you have him, Clevenger, Severino, and a lot of guys that are injured. And if you have no IL spots, you know, there comes a point where you have to say, I got to cut one of these guys. I can't hold them all. And uh, if that's a situation you have, you know, head on over to fulltimefantasy.com, ask your question on the message board. But in general, I would say hold on to him for now until we get further details about exactly how much time he's going to miss. But for now, it looks like at least a month, and I, I would think at least two months. Uh, but I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to speculate, but it doesn't look good. Carlos Martinez will begin a rehab assignment on Sunday at low A. The plan is for him to come back as a reliever because they feel like it gives him the best opportunity to deal with that shoulder issue that has bothered him the last two years. So it really does ding his value because unless he closes, I don't know what he's going to do for your fantasy team. And we also don't know how he effective he's going to be. Now, maybe he's able to go max out for one inning Uh and possibly pitch back-to-back -back days. But Jordan Hicks, to me, is the closer right now. I mean, Hicks, I had mentioned uh, 
in uh, I did like a bold prediction before the year, and one of them was Jordan Hicks could be this year's Blake Trinan and finish as a top five closer. And it was tough because I was uh, only able to get him in one draft. It was actually my last draft of the year uh, in a Rotowire online championship for the NFBC because uh, I just figured Hicks had the ability with his stuff, you know, throwing over 100, the changeup. Now, last year it was shaky. It was too many walks. Even this year, the walks are still a bit too high, but he's really difficult to hit. So I figured if he got that opportunity, he'd be able to take advantage of it. He's only allowed six hits in 12 and two-thirds innings, five walks, 16 strikeouts, and, you know, he's looked really sharp over his last several appearances. You know, 58% ground ball rate, not a lot of hard hits. So as long as he can limit the walks. I mean, he has a real opportunity. I mean, he's averaging 100.7 miles per hour with his fastball. And uh, I think last year we were just perplexed because like where this guy throws so hard and he only had a 9.4% swing strike rate. This year it's up to 12.7% uh, as the changeup has really been a factor for him. But he is throwing more first pitch strikes too. He was at 58.4% last year, 67.4% this year. So uh, I don't see him losing that job. So it's really going to hurt Martinez. And you know, if you drafted Martinez, you know, this is a, a lesson to be learned. I mean, the news was not good on him. Like, he was a guy that I just kept pushing down the draft board. I have him in no leagues. I did do a mock. I remember this. It was February, and he was sitting there in round 23. I'm like, okay, round 20. But that was February, where we really didn't have any details. But once the money was on the line, I was staying away from him. And I think that's something that you have to learn because we all think, like, oh, look what round it is. I'm not taking uh i'm not losing much here but it was not good news with martinez and you know people did it with severino ninth tenth round and we still don't know if that's going to work maybe severino's back in june is fine but anytime a pitcher has some type of shoulder elbow issue to begin the year unless they're in an extreme discount it's best to stay away and i think we're seeing that and you know especially if a player has an existing injury it's just a lot of risk that they take on and not the ideal thing to do the Braves have called up Tuki Toussaint from Triple A. Uh, I think he's going to be the bullpen for now. Obviously, they're pretty set in the rotation. And Toussaint was someone people spent a lot of money on a couple weeks ago. Remember, he had that great outing against the Mets. Uh, I think it was Sean Newcomb started the game. And then he uh, was taken out early. Toussaint came in and threw like six scoreless innings. And they said, yeah, he's going to start. Everyone went crazy. And then Toussaint was terrible in his next outing and they sent him down to the minor leagues and people wasted a lot of fab money and i'm sure people i would think most people dropped them maybe in a 15 team league you held on because you invested so much but certainly uh i don't see him going to the rotation right now uh if you haven't followed the prospects uh, a name to keep an eye on is jordan alvarez from the astros and yes he spells it y-o-r-d-a-n but it's pronounced jordan this guy is just crushing at the minor league level. He was actually just dealt in my home league. He's a minor league pick, and someone traded him away as part of the deal. He's hitting 402 in the minors with a 490 OBP. He's 21 years old, and he is in the PCL, and they are using the same baseball that they do in the majors this year at AAA. But, man, he's just crushing it down there, and he's a guy that could be up pretty soon. I know everyone thinks it would be uh, Tucker, but Tucker has really struggled down in the minor leagues. So if you are looking to stash someone now and you have room, Jordan Alvarez is a name from the Houston Astros to uh, keep an eye on. Uh, also, uh, Dexter Fowler out of the lineup again today with an illness. He's got the flu. He has not played all week. And 
Uh, it's been good for those that have Jose Martinez because he's been sticking in the lineup. Uh, but Fowler was heating up. You know, I think we were all concerned about the playing time for one of those outfielders. And for now that they mostly this week, it's been Harrison Bader and uh, Jose Martinez in right field as Martinez continues to hit. So interested to see what happens when those guys are healthy. We got one game going on right now, the Cubs and the Cardinals. It is the bottom of the third inning. The Cubs just took a 3-0 lead. Anthony Rizzo with a home run to right field, his eighth of the season. So he's shown some power uh, so far this year. And I think most people who drafted Rizzo expected 30 home runs. Rizzo was always a guy in the past that I would draft. This year I, I, I kind of stayed away uh, just because just wasn't huge upside for him. You know, we saw the power go down a little bit last year. And it's not like he steals a lot of bases. He's just... I guess a safe player, if you want to call him that. But like second, third round, I wasn't feeling it. He had 25-101 last year, batted 283, stole six bases. Uh, the runs really dipped last year as that often struggled, 74. But one thing you can say about Rizzo is he generally stays pretty healthy, and he is definitely uh, someone that gives you a nice boost in OBP leagues. So uh, that's where he really stands out is the OBP leagues because uh, he walks quite a bit. His OBP this year is 372. He's only hitting 238. Uh, but now has uh, eight homers on the season and 23 RBIs. Don't expect much speed from him anymore. He has one stolen base, uh, only one attempt, because we saw last year just six deals and 10 attempts. So I think in the past we were hoping for double-digit steals for him. I wouldn't expect much from him this year. And uh, the key for him in the Roto Leagues is going to be the average. Uh, uh, and, you know, he, he's a 269 career hitter, 283 last year. So he should be in that 270, 280 range. Uh and we'll see. You know, it looks like maybe he gets back to 100 RBIs this year, which he has done for four straight years. So he's one of those very solid players with not much of a ceiling. Like, I just don't see Rizzo being, and I did in the past. I thought he might have the potential to hit 40 home runs, but don't see it anymore. His career high is 32. So he's one of those kind of safe, boring players uh, who I've had at least on one team in years past, but not any this year. Jack Flaherty is on the mound for the Cardinals, and we talked about him early on in the show. Uh, the walks have been an issue today. Three walks so far in two and two-thirds innings. He's only allowed the two hits, three runs. He struck out six as he's up to 65 pitches in the third inning. So uh, it has been a little bit of a disappointment for him so far uh, with an ERA of 4-5-4. Four, four. That's not what you paid for. The strikeouts have been there, but he has not dominated like we saw in the spring. But a lot of pitchers have, and a lot of the East pitchers, and uh, he just got a strikeout to end the third. So he's got seven strikeouts through three innings. So you're happy about that. But you know, a couple of those walks come back to hurt him as he gives up a three-run bomb to Anthony Rizzo, who is two for two today uh, for the Cubs. Uh, Kyle Hendricks is on the mound. 24 pitches through three innings. Uh, he does have one strikeout, no walks, one hit through three. He's off to a bad start this year. And you know, especially in this era, where so many balls are flying over the fences, that Hendricks is going to be a pitcher that is at, is at risk of having these blow-up spots. So uh, Hendricks is a guy that I only have in one league. It was a fan tracks uh, draft champions league where all you do is draft. So he'll be better than this. Uh, we kind of saw this last year, too. I think I saw something where he saw something on video uh, and discovered a flaw, and then after that, he put up really good numbers. Now, I don't know what the story is this year, but he has certainly suffered from some bad luck, a 405 batting average of balls of play, a 58.8% strand rate, 
And the strikeout rate is actually is slightly up from last year. Not much, 20.2%. He's always going to be in that 19 to 21% range. You don't expect many walks. And he's usually been a good guy with whip, but not this year. That's the one thing with, uh, that again, people don't look at whip. He's had a 1.19 whip or fewer every year since 2014. He was at 115 last year, but it's sitting at 178 right now. But he's looking to trim it today. So I think you know what Hendricks is. I just think compared to years past, there's a little bit more risk with him because of this environment. But we saw it two years ago in 2017 when we did see uh, the home runs way up. He had a 303 ERA in 139 and two-thirds innings, and he also did have a, a solid whip of 1.19. So that is something to take into consideration with him. When we return, I'll be joined by Rudy Gamble of Rasball, very good fantasy baseball player in mind. Love competing with him in Tout Wars every year. So he will join me next and also help you guys with what to do if you have a lot of injuries on your team. That is ahead right here, full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are going to have a lot of horses coming out, pushing the pace, pushing maximum security. If nobody pushes maximum security at the front, he could very well be your winner. Nobody can catch him, especially in the slop. However, if those times are slow, if those fractions are slow, then somebody from that middle of the road, the code of honors of the world, the improbables of the world, they're going to catch those speed horses. Absolutely. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back here, it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Friday afternoon talking some baseball, and who better to do that with than Rudy Gamble of Rasball.com. Rudy, what's up? All right, we'll get Rudy in a second here uh, as we'll talk to him about how he has done so far. I am in one league with Rudy in Tout Wars, and uh, he is currently in first place. I'm in fourth, so... Had a lot of injuries on the offensive side. It's crazy. This is a year where pitching has been a problem for a lot of people. And my pitching has carried me to this point. Uh, first in ERA, first in whip, second in strikeouts, second in wins. 
that's usually not how I build my teams because I tend to build my offense, but a lot of injuries have taken a toll so far. But again, the good thing is really not that too far out at this point. If I could get some of those bats back, it will really help. Uh, one of those is Matt Olson, who is on a rehab assignment right now. They did say they're going to take their time with him as he is coming off that broken handmate bone. But we do have Rudy Gamble of Razball on the line right now. Rudy, what's up? Good. My hammock bones are just fine. Yeah, mine are too. Uh, unfortunately, I, I've heard that you don't even need them, that it's like a useless uh, bone in your hand, and yet it's a problem for some baseball players. Well, it's, it's, it's one where basically it's, uh, it's brutal for like the – I thought it's like almost like the whole season. Like it just sore there, but then it just goes away. There's well, no long-term thing to it, but it, it, it's a power sapper. Yeah, which is a problem because I drafted Matt Olson for power. So uh, I hope. Yeah, I, mean, I, hope, I Yeah, I would break my heart if he, he was uh, if he came short of your uh, your hopes and. Talent. Oh, I'm Just, sure. I'm sure it would. Uh, for uh, the, at least. Yeah, he's got power for days though. So now he's just got more like power for day. Yeah, well, I hope you're he wrong on that one. Yeah. Do you have any Matt Olson this year? In a, in cut line. So that was that, that my cut line team had like a few of those or they, it was Olsen and Souza. And that's I mean, like, so it's pretty brutal. Cause those, I mean, to me, like a Souza was like a, or an Olsen is like a really good guy to have in a cut line because when they have a good week, it's going to be great. And then if, you know, Olsen has like his off weeks, well then he's on the bench and you've got some other guy. Um, so yeah, so that one, that one hurts. So excited to have him back for there. Um, and yeah, we had talked. You you sniped me on Olson. I don't. Whenever you took him, I was about to take him. I don't know who I took in his stead, but. Well, as always, you had a good draft, but I know you've kind of put out there that you have a, a league or two where you've been hammered by injuries, and there's a lot of people listening who probably are in the same predicament, and I feel. A lot of people get discouraged and they feel like, oh, I can't come back from this. I have so many injuries. And while it does look bleak, you know, you can't give up. So in those leagues where you're just hammered by injuries, like what is the best advice you give to people? And what have you done to try and just kind of stay afloat and not give up? Because no one should give up ever. No, no, it's, yeah, it's a rough one. I think, I mean, I think there's two variants of it. So, I'll put up my, T, my TGFBI team is kind of on the bad, the real bad side. So the one ahead of it, I've had Stanton and Murphy out in a number of leagues. Those were two of my highest share guys. Odor I have on a lot of teams. Um, and then just, you know, other guys like Meadows Senzel, I had as kind of a backup guy, <laughs> hoping that, you know, because you think, oh, well, once this guy plays and he gets outfit eligibility, really helpful. So, I mean, I think, so I had four or five guys just, that I was really counting on bench um, for in the short term. The way I like to think of it is that you're getting to take some flyers on guys. You have a roster spot. You never know what you're going to get with free agency. Try to find a guy with a little bit of short term upside. Um, and it's not, it's not implausible to get solid stats for a month from someone who's on waivers and 15 team mix. So for example, like Stanton in my labor, got filled in with Dwight Smith for 2% of my budget. Now I don't, and Dwight Smith has certainly been, you know, solid for a couple of weeks. 
So Stanton comes back. Arguably, I, I'm, I might be shy a few homers, but not, not really disadvantaged much. Um, so I'm looking at each of those as an opportunity to get a guy probably a week earlier than others would bid. Because, you know, if, if you don't have an open roster spot, what people are generally doing is wait till it's too late. So I'm optimistically like, okay, well, maybe I could fill in. And, fi- and stumble into something. Maybe Dwight Smith stays on the team all year. So we'll see. Um, so in most of my teams like that, I'm doing okay. Maybe I'm toward the middle, and then I'm pretty optimistic that, yeah, I get all my guys back. Things are going to be great. Um, the TGFBI one is kind of more the worst case. And then the biggest difference with that is it has Stan and Murphy, but my number one was Trey Turner. <laughs> And I had Sanchez on that team, and so he misses some time. And that team's at, like, they're in four, it's in 14th. And uh, it's got a while to go before it gets to 13th. On those, it's, you just have to that, – that takes more optimism. That's like, well, we're one-sixth of the season in. You know, does my team have any, you know, massive um, flaw to it? Like, if you had no closers – that's when you might have to punt something. But I look at my team, I'm like, I just need guys getting healthy. And then you hope for a run. I've been in, I mean, the, the best example of it, I mean, there's, everyone seems to have that example of their team was awful in May and they won. Uh, I don't have quite that one, but I know my uh, Yahoo friends and family team two years ago, and that's a really competitive league. I went from like 14th to 1st. Um, in like the last days of the year in 17. And it was just things caught fire. You need a little more best. You'll need a little bit more uh, luck. But that was the team where Stanton and Rosario and uh, must have been a handful of players just went crazy. So you, you still have that chance. It's early. But um, I mean, the best case is just say, don't panic. And just backfill as, as well as you can, and hope you uh, you stumble into a few guys you actually want to keep. What if you're in a league like the NFBC, or your league doesn't have IL spots, and you got seven reserves and five six-year guys are injured? Is there any way to I, overcome that's what that? I have. Yeah, right. I, I no. have that too in a league. Well, um, I would say, like, I mean, obviously, if there's guys that are injured that are marginal you throw them away. But on mine, I think, honestly, I think the worst injured guy was Senzel. <laughs> and I'm not dropping him in 15 team. Um, and obviously today I'm glad I didn't. Um, I think you're just more, you're more ruthless who the healthy guys are <laughs> that basically because you don't have the opportunity to have, let's say three bench bats or a couple of arms on the bench, everyone in your starting lineup now is, has a lot more pressure on them. So I'd be looking to, you know, let's, so an example might be, uh, you know, let's say it's a deep, let's say you have Spencer Turnbull, you know, who's been decent this year. But what I'm saying is that it's like a guy that if you have a healthy bench, you keep him on there. Maybe you'll have a, you know, ex, you know a spare starter, you know, an emergency starter, or he has a really good matchup. That's the kind of guy you can't, you can't hold on to anymore. The speculative closer 
So guys I had like uh, Buttry a week ago or Sean Kelly um, or even like a really – or maybe even like a Sergio Romo, that type. Cut then too if it's a bad week or you need it. Those are not the guys that at the end of the year you're going to be sad about. You will be sad if you drop, you know, uh, a first 15-round player because they're out for a couple of weeks. I mean – the difference being like, you know, I think once you get into eight plus weeks, I mean, I think that was the diagnosis on Olsen and, and Scooter Jeanette. That gets a little tougher. Um, I mean, at, based on what we know, Corey Kluber is probably a guy that you probably have to cut bait on. Um, hopefully, no, but I mean, I think, but when you're talking about like guys with like three, four weeks, I think you just gut it out and, you know, just try to cut, like I said, your your marginal starters and and churn them. Versus, because what else are you going to do? Yeah, that's what you have to do. You kind of have to play it week to week at this point. I kind of draw the parallel to fantasy football. You're looking at the matchups a week ahead, yeah. and you're just trying to stay afloat. Talking to Rudy Gamble of Rasball.com. We've seen a lot of these rookie bats come up and go for a lot of money in Fab. Uh, Keyboom, Cole Tucker, and they've gotten off to slow starts. And not every rookie comes up and produces like Ronald Acuna and Juan Soto. I don't know where you stood on those guys. Obviously, the bids were very high, especially in FBC. Do you think people were too aggressive and spent too much money? Uh, obviously, they could turn it around and, and be, we look back in a month, say, oh, it was worth it. But where do you stand generally on those players? And I know each one is different individually, but do you think because we've seen so many young players come up and have success, Everyone that comes up, people are kind of overvaluing a little bit. Yeah, I mean, well, remember, it just takes one to two owners out of fifteen to make it look like he was really overbid. Um, I would, yeah, I mean, I think trying to generalize it, I'm looking at a couple things. Um, but on the skill side, I'm looking at power, just power, speed, and. Uh, and average potential, which is kind of boils down to, will they strike out a lot? Um, and, you know, for, and then I'm, but I'm also looking at the team context. Can, will, does this guy, if he's good, is he like guaranteed to play rest of the year or is he got to fight for a spot or hope for injuries? Um, and where in the batting order is he going to hit? So on those, Cole Tucker, I was a, I was a fairly strong buy. Because while he hasn't shown it in the pros, has plus speed. He has 25 stolen base speed, and seems like you know, I think he has 10 plus homer power. So I liked him. Pittsburgh is not a stacked lineup. You could see him hitting first uh, or fifth or sixth. So I like Tucker. I only got him in one league, um, but I, I thought the bidding on him made sense for Carter Kaboom. It's I thought it was nuts because um, I don't think he has one plus on the power speed or average do not like his batting order potential. And I don't like his potential for starting the rest of the year. Once Turner's back. I mean, when, once you start doing things like saying, well, Dozier, maybe they'll send him out. Yeah, he's been around for 10 years. I'm not super convinced of it, but it could happen or banking on a Juan Soto, like, convergence of two outfielders. I mean, last year it was Robles and Eaton 
and I want to say even Michael Taylor, all got hurt. That's what it took for Juan Soto to play. If you have to come up with that for Kaboom to prosper, or to obviously play like with his hair on fire, and the, that to me looks like less odds. So I had like, I put a thing like 15 bucks, like one one and a half percent of budget on Kaboom and like 10% on Tucker. And I was willing, you know, like, and yeah, now we got to think about Nate Lofer on Sunday. And uh, yeah, if you're in real shallow leagues, maybe to think about Senzel. Talking to Rudy Gamble, Raswell.com. So we compete in Tout Wars every year. And once again, you're in first place this year. And you have 968 left in Fab. Is this a case of your team's been so good you don't need anyone? Or have you just uh, been coming up short in your bids? No, I'm, well, I'm just, I'm thrifty. Um, so I, you know, like, so I'm looking, I'm looking to get guys kind of a week in advance. Um, I'm generally, I mean, I don't think, I mean, like for something like Cole Tucker, um, I didn't, I didn't really need him in that league. I want to say I had already was pretty full on short stops. So I bid on him, but, um, and kaboom, I didn't put nearly enough. But I've been, even with like 30 bucks, I mean, I've gotten Renato Nunez. I've gotten Swarzak. Um, somehow dropped Blake Parker. <laughs> but So I think I, I might have neutralized that save game. Um, and I've been lucky. That, that team has been kind of charmed for four years. So all my other ones, I'm talking about those injuries, but I didn't have Stanton or Murphy in that league. And I didn't have Trey Turner. I had... You know, the start of Trout, Bauer, and Soto. And to knock out with those spasms, I've actually had pretty good health. So I haven't had the bid up. And I, I'll be honest, I haven't really seen that many guys I loved. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure there will be. I mean, I think last year I looked, and I spent over 200 on Senzel in April. And I think I had a rather high bid on Hampson. When he came up, so uh, yeah, evidently my high bids don't uh, don't come to fruition at least for uh, one plus years. Yeah, I've actually made quite a few acquisitions just because I've been really hurting on offense. I haven't really spent a ton, but uh, I spent uh, picking up Parker sixty eight, and then I spent thirty eight on Talkman. That's how bad I was offensively. I'm like, Ooh. this guy's playing every day. He's in my lineup. Like I just have, you know, too many injuries. You know, Meadows is out. I had Olsen out. I had Murphy out. I had Lindor out. My whole starting infield was injured at one point. So uh, I, I, that's what I've got in. I, 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 that's what I had for like a three-week stretch in uh, TGFBI with Senzel. So I, I actually had four. I had four middle infield fielders on my roster, and they were all hurt. Um, yeah, I mean, those are the things you gotta do. I mean, like, yeah, I don't, I don't think it pays to be. Uh, You've, you've got to fill in for guys, and if there's a guy that's marginally better, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I, bidding 30 versus 15, that's just minor. I think it's, yeah, I, I do find going, you know, because, I mean, Kaboom went for, like, there were, two, two, there were 300. Right. And, all, and Towdy oh, went for and, 235. And NFBC, yeah, he went for three 400 in some leagues. So, yeah, I mean, like, so there's, my, my feeling is bid on everyone with value. Like I bid on Kaboom, even though I wasn't a big fan, you know, it's just a week and he might be, you know, there's a chance he's good. There's a, there's actually, there's a chance he's great. 
I mean, the pedigree's there. I don't want to seem the anti-prospect. I'm talking the same guy who spent 200 on Hampson and Senzel. Um, it's just, uh, yeah. And it, it, Matt, I mean, $1,000, sometimes you can get away with that stuff because the money goes a long way. I, I tend to be, uh, I probably tend to be a little conservative, at least in that April and May time period, unless there's a guy I love. And yeah, it's, uh, and sometimes those guys are few and far between, but they do look like guys with plus power or plus speed. Um, or maybe it would be a plus K pitcher. Um, but right. yeah, the, I, I, t- I tend not to go uh, too crazy on that. I don't think, I think you're, you're kind of the same. I am, except I've been kind of desperate in this league, so I've had to go a little bit more aggressive, but hopefully my guys come back healthy soon. But, Rudy, always good talking to you, fun competing against you, and people can find Rudy at Razball.com. Rudy, thanks for the time, and good luck accepting towers. Same to you. All right. Again, Rudy Gamble, find him at Razball.com. We'll come back, wrap it up, looking at some lineups for tonight. Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Morning after. I find the hockey playoffs, they're cool, but at the same point in time, it's just so random. It's just game by game. You know, like they used to say, I'll just do it into the last uh, couple of minutes of a basketball game. I almost feel that way now about these hockey series in which, whatever, man, you know, it's 2-1, game 2-2. Just check back in in five days when it's game seven, because that's where we're going with this. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can catch all my work. FullTimeFantasy.com. Got the baseball stock watch up. I'll have a look at the two-star pitchers for the week ahead. That should be out sometime tomorrow. Of course, the waiver wire article from Sean Childs getting you set for the big Sunday night in fab in a lot of leagues, especially the high-stakes leagues. And, of course, a look at football, the Buffalo Bills team outlook from Sean Childs and Dr. Odo's recap of 
the drafts, looking at the AFC West today as he goes through the divisions. And, of course, you can ask your questions on the message boards and forums. And don't forget, you can adopt a Dynasty League orphan team. Go to playffwc.com slash dynastyforsale.php. Again, that's playffwc.com slash dynastyforsale.php. The link's on my Twitter timeline. Put it up this morning and last night at Adam Ronis on Twitter so you can check it out there. There's some good teams uh, so you can go through them and decide whether you want to take it over or not. Catch Gambling Addicts, Red Heat, and Rage, Gabe Morenzi, and Cam Stewart on Game Time Decisions, 4 p.m. Eastern weekdays right here on the FNTSY Sports Radio Network as they bitch and moan about their previous night's bad beats and let you know who their money is on for all the upcoming games. And they bet on all of them. You can also watch the broadcast on YouTube and participate in the chat room or watch it on Periscope, Twitch.tv, or countless of other popular OTT platforms. Become part of the show. Tune in for the entertainment, the knowledge, and for the extra money they'll put in your pockets. It's Game Time Decisions weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern. Let's take a look at some of the lineups for tonight as we're still keeping eyes on some players that are injured and whether they're back in the lineup. The A's are in Pittsburgh to take on the Pirates. It'll be Brett Anderson against Joe Musgrove. For the A's, Marcus Semien leading off at shortstop. Ramon Laureano's in center field batting second. Matt Chapman's at third base hitting third. Chris Davis in left field hitting cleanup. Steven Piscotti in right field hitting fifth. Kendrys Morales at first base hitting sixth. Jerickson Profar is back in the lineup hitting seventh at second base. He's been out all week. He's had a case of the yips. He's had a real difficult time throwing to first base. So this is something to keep an eye on today because what if this is still a problem? What do the A's do? So really watch that closely. Obviously, Profar has not been off to a good start offensively either, and I'm sure the defensive woes are weighing on his mind. We talked a little bit about this earlier in regards to Nick Senzel and he's learning a new position in center field, and he really hasn't played it much. He did in the spring. He got hurt. He's played about six games at AAA, so you always wonder about that. But with Profar, it's a lot more pronounced because he can't even make the throw to first base from second. So he was pretty happy about just playing one position this year. Remember last year with Texas, they moved him all around, and this year he's only had to play second base, but it's really been rough so far. So that is absolutely something to keep an eye on tonight. I'm sure Profar has been dropped in a lot of leagues. I actually do have him in one. It's a 15-team league. It's the TGFBI, which we've talked about a lot. And unfortunately, I had him Well, I had him on the bench because I have injuries in that league. I got Aaron Hicks, and the only option I had was either Dexter Fowler or Profar. And I didn't know if Profar was going to be in the lineup tonight. I knew Dexter Fowler was out today with the flu, but I thought maybe Profar might not play the whole weekend, and uh, so I left Fowler in. So hopefully Fowler can return tomorrow because he was heating up, but uh, Profar, someone to keep an eye on tonight. Josh Fegley in, at the catcher position hitting eighth, and Brett Anderson on the mound hitting ninth. So no DH tonight for the A's. They do have Chris Davis playing left field. That is the plan. He'll play a little outfield here in this series. The Twins in New York. Twins playing some of the best baseball right now. Against the Yankees, it'll be Kyle Gibson and James Paxton. Leading off for the Twins, Mitch Garver at catcher. Jorge Polanco is at shortstop, batting second. Nelson Cruz, the DH, hitting third. C.J. Crone at first base, hitting fourth. Marwin Gonzalez, who's really struggled. And I, I could see him losing playing time if Miguel Sano comes back and is good to go. Gonzalez is playing left field today, hitting fifth. Max Kepler usually hits leadoff, but with a tough lefty on the mound, they drop him down to the sixth spot in the order. He's in right field. 
Jonathan Scope at second base hitting seventh. Adrianza at third base hitting eighth. And Byron Buxton in center field batting ninth for the Twins. For the Yankees, Brett Gardner leads it off playing center field. Luke Voigt at first base batting second. Gary Sanchez catching hitting third. Glaber Torres at shortstop hitting cleanup. Mike Ford, the DH, hitting fifth. Gio Ursula at third base hitting sixth. Mike Talkman in left field hitting seventh. Cameron Mabin in right field hitting eighth. And Tyler Wade at second base hitting ninth. The Rays in Baltimore, 7.05 p.m. Eastern start. It'll be Tyler Glass now against Dan Straley. For the Rays, Brandon Lau leading it off playing second base. Tommy Pham's in left field batting second. G-Man Choice at first base hitting third. Yandy Diaz at third base hitting cleanup. Nate Lowe at the DH hitting fifth. Again, he'll be someone that people are bidding on pretty heavily this weekend, uh, hitting in the middle of the order and should stick and get a lot of playing time. Avisail Garcia is in right field batting sixth. Kevin Kiermeyer in center field hitting seventh. Mike Zunino is the catcher hitting eighth. And Willie Adamas at shortstop batting ninth. For the Orioles, Jonathan Villar at shortstop leading off. Trey Mancini's in right field hitting second. Dwight Smith Jr.'s in left field hitting third. Renato Nunez, the DH hitting cleanup. You heard Rudy talk about uh, being a pickup. I wish I picked him up in, in Tout. I actually drafted him in the TGFBI, and he's been pretty much in my lineup. Uh, I have him in a uh, uh, online championship league. So, like Nunez going into the year, because I thought he would get an opportunity to play, and uh, kind of wish I picked him up uh, in Tout Wars weeks ago because he was cheap and. Uh, I think I did have a bit on him, but I should have went a little higher because I could have used the third baseman. Rio Ruiz at third base, hitting fifth. Hanser Alberto is at second base, hitting sixth. Chris Davis at first base, hitting seventh. Wilkerson at center field, hitting eighth. Pedro Severino is the catcher for the Orioles. He will hit ninth. The Nationals taking on the Phillies. It'll be Jeremy Hellickson against Gerard Eikhoff. For the Phillies, Andrew McCutcheon leading off in center field. Gene Segura is at shortstop, hitting second. Bryce Harper in right field, batting third. Reese Hoskins at first base hitting cleanup. JT Realmuto is the catcher hitting fifth. Nick Williams is in the lineup. We discussed him earlier as a potential cheap play in DFS. Good park. Uh, he's got the favorable uh, right-hander on the mound, Jeremy Hellickson. Doesn't get a lot of Ks, so Nick Williams could be a cheap DFS play tonight, especially if you're looking to get in some big bats. Cesar Hernandez at second base batting seventh. Mikel Franco back in that eighth spot again at third base hitting eighth in. Eikhoff on the mound. Hitting ninth, the Braves in Miami to take on the Marlins. It'll be Kevin Gossman against Jose Urena. Good news here is Josh Donaldson is in the lineup. Sat out this week with the calf injury, but he is back. Ozzie Albies leading off at second base. Donaldson at third base, batting second. Freddie Freeman at first base, hitting third. Ronald Acuna is in left field, hitting cleanup. Nick Markake is in right field, batting fifth. Dansby Swanson at shortstop, hitting sixth. Brian McCann is the catcher, hitting seventh. Ender Inciarte. In center field, hitting eighth, and Gossman on the mound, batting ninth. For the Marlins, Curtis Granderson is leading off in left field. Miguel Rojas is the shortstop, hitting second. Brian Anderson's in right field, hitting third. Starlin Castro's at second base, hitting cleanup. Martin Prado is at first base, hitting fifth. Jorge Alfaro's at catcher, hitting sixth. John Birdie at third base, hitting seventh. Roselle Herrera's in center field, hitting eighth. And Urena on the mound, hitting ninth for the Marlins. The Giants in Cincinnati, it'll be Tyler Beatty against Sonny Gray. Beatty coming up to make uh, his debut for the season. Uh, Joey Votto leading off in center field. Nick Senzel, as we talked about, getting the call up. He's in center field batting second. So I don't think he's available in many leagues. Uh, all my leagues he's owned. I think a lot of people drafted him, held on, knew he'd be up in about a month. So if he is available, certainly is a good pickup. Uh, maybe 10-team leagues, you might have better options, but I think in a lot of 12-team leagues, you're going to definitely take the shot if he's out there. So 
It really depends on who you drop, but certainly someone that has a little pop, little speed, good park, and already they're throwing him right at the top of the order, hitting second tonight. Jesse Winkers in left field, batting third. Yasiel Puig in right field, hitting cleanup. Derek Dietrich, the second baseman, hitting fifth. Jose Iglesias at shortstop, hitting sixth. Kyle Farmers at third base, hitting seventh. So no Eugenio Suarez today. Jose Peraza is also out of the lineup. Sonny Gray's on the mound, hitting eighth. And Tucker Barnhart is the catcher, hitting ninth. Seattle's in Cleveland. It'll be Yusei Kikuchi against Shane Bieber. For Seattle, D. Gordon leads it off, playing second base. Mitch Hattiger is in center field, hitting second. Daniel Vogelbach the DH, hitting third. Edwin Encarnacion's at first base, hitting cleanup. Domingo Santana dropped down in the order to number five, playing left field. He's generally hit second or third. Obviously got off to the sizzling start. Has slowed down, but still great numbers this year. Jay Bruce in right field, hitting sixth. Omar Narvaez at catcher, hitting seventh. Tim Beckham, the shortstop, hitting eighth. And Ryan Healy at third base, hitting ninth for Seattle. For the Indians, Francisco Lindor leading off, playing shortstop. Leonis Martin in center field, hitting second. Jose Ramirez at third base, hitting third. Carlos Santana at first base, hitting cleanup. Jordan Luplo in right field, hitting fifth. Carlos Gonzalez in left field, hitting sixth. Jason Kipnis at second base, batting seventh. Kevin Ploiecki is the catcher, hitting eighth. And Jake Bowers at the DH spot, hitting ninth. The Royals in Detroit. Jorge Lopez against Matt Boyd. Been one of the best pitchers this year. For the Royals, Whit Merrifield leading off at second base. Outer Butter Romanesi, the DH, hitting second. Alex Gordon in left field, hitting third. Hunter Dozier at first base, hitting cleanup. Jorge Soler in right field, hitting fifth. Gutierrez at third base, hitting sixth. Chris Owens at shortstop, hitting seventh. Martin Maldonado at the catcher spot, hitting eighth. And Billy Hamilton in center field, hitting ninth. For the Tigers, Heimer Candelario leading off at third. Nicholas Castellanos in right field, batting second. Miguel Cabrera, the DH, hitting third. Nico Goodrum in left field, hitting cleanup. Rodriguez at first base, hitting fifth. Gordon Beckham at second base, hitting sixth. Grayson Griner behind the plate, hitting seventh. Jordy Mercer at shortstop, hitting eighth. And Jacoby Jones in center field, hitting ninth for the Tigers tonight. The Blue Jays in Texas. Trent Thornton against Mike Miner, who is really pitched well, coming off a great outing. A lot of teams are interested in him. Look for him to be traded on a lot of teams who are playoff contenders, always in the market for starting pitching. So looking to increase his stock. Shin Su Chu leading off at the DH spot. Rugnet Odor at second base, hitting second. Elvis Andrews at shortstop, hitting third. Nomar Mazzara in right field, hitting cleanup. Joey Gallo in left field, hitting fifth. There's Drupal Cabrera at third base, hitting sixth. Danny Santana continues to get playing time at first base. It does look like Ronald Guzman could be back soon, but Santana was filling in at second base with Odor out, hitting very well. And they put him at first base to keep that bat in the lineup. Jeff Mathis is the catcher hitting eighth. And Delano DeShields in center field hitting ninth for Texas. Boston in Chicago. Heartbreaking loss for the Red Sox yesterday. Ryan Brazier giving up a walk-off three-run shot to Nicky Delmonico as the Red Sox were leading most of that game. So uh, they just have not been able to put together an extended winning streak, though. Look to get back on the winning track tonight with Chris Sale on the mound against Ronaldo Lopez coming off a dominant outing where at 14 Ks. For the Red Sox, Andrew Benintendi leading off playing left field. Mookie Betts in right field hitting second. He is definitely heated up. J.D. Martinez, the D.H. hitting third. Xander Bogarts at short hitting cleanup. Raphael Devers at third base hitting fifth. Michael Javis at second base hitting sixth. Mitch Moreland's at first base hitting seventh. Lind in center field hitting eighth as Jackie Bradley Jr. gets the night off. And Sandy Leone, the catcher, hitting ninth. For the White Sox, Lurie Garcia leading off in left field. Tim Anderson at shortstop batting second. 
Jose Abreu at first base hitting third. James McCann, the DH hitting cleanup. McCann's been on fire. You talk about a hot hitting catcher. I mean, you got to have, he's got to be owned now in pretty much every league. I mean, that would be a great second catcher to have. He still might be out there in some leagues and he'll obviously cool off. But man, he's been red hot with his bat and they get, look to get him in tonight as the DH. Yuan Moncada at third base hitting fifth. Jose Rondon at second base hitting sixth. Wellington Castillo, the catcher, hitting seventh. Ryan Cordell in right field, hitting eighth. And Adam Engel in center field, hitting ninth for uh, the White Sox. Also tonight, we got the uh, Texas Rangers. We mentioned their lineup. We got that. The Mets are in Milwaukee. Steven Matz against Brandon Woodruff. Still waiting to see if Christian Yelich is in the lineup tonight. The Diamondbacks in Coors Field. The over-under is 11. Robbie Ray against Tyler Anderson. The Dodgers in San Diego. It'll be Clayton Kershaw against Eric Lauer. As that's uh, the late game on the slate at 10, 10 p.m. Eastern. So still waiting for a few lineups and especially looking to see if Christian Yelich is in there tonight. I know in weekly leagues, I put him in my lineup, man. It's just tough to sit that guy knowing that he might miss most of the week. Uh, but it was just really tough to, to get him out of that lineup because even if he plays three games this week, he's just capable of putting up big numbers. And he's had this before. They didn't put him on the injured list, so I would think he uh, – is going to give it a go tonight. Uh, closer situations are always a big topic, but it's really kind of confounding right now what's going on with the Rays and what they're doing. We saw Pagan go for a lot of money in Fab over the weekend, and I put in small bids, but I couldn't believe how much people were spending. He had three saves in a week, uh, so I think people felt, okay, maybe he's the new guy, but it's clear that the Rays are kind of mixing and matching here. But yesterday we saw Diego Castillo, who I did pick up in a league last week, uh, because he was getting some save opportunities, and I still think he's ahead of Pagan in the pecking order. Uh, but we saw Castillo come in yesterday and get a save, and we didn't even see Alvarado. I don't know what's going on here, but we have last saw Alvarado pitch on the 28th for one inning, and he pitched the 27, two-thirds of an inning. Those were his only two appearances since April 21st. It is May 3rd today, so... He's thrown 13 innings this year. Don't know what's going on. Uh, but either way, I mean, Alvarado's been tremendous. If you watched him, the movement on his pitches is insane. Uh, I think Alvarado and Castillo will both get save chances. I don't know if we'll see his Pagan as much, but I really am not sure what the uh, Rays are doing here. Uh, it doesn't, and, and we're seeing more teams do this. Not as many, but it's making it more difficult for saves, and that's why you're seeing a lot of guys go to the waiver wire, and spend a crazy amount of money on the arms. So uh, for me, it's been something where I haven't really spent a lot on these closers. Uh, they're going for too much, and I need saves. There's a couple leagues where I, there was one league where I just got my first two saves of the season over the past week with Ryan Presley and Hansel Robles. Uh, Robles has been was the cheaper guy. I mean, he only went for 21 in tout. So that's the idea is to pick up these cheaper closers because to, the money that was spent on Pagan was just insane. And, you know, maybe he gets another six, seven, eight saves, but to me it just wasn't worth what people were spending on him. As uh, just I'm really not sure what the Rays are doing right now, but I think Castillo and Alvarado can be in your lineup every week. Pagan is a little bit more dicey uh, for those that picked him up. Just not sure exactly what kind of role he's going to play. We did see a good outing for Danny Duffy yesterday. Six innings, one on run, six Ks uh, against the, the Rays who are struggling a little bit. 
And I'm not going to be aggressive on Duffy. I just worry about him staying healthy. Uh, can he get enough strikeouts? And, you know, it's not a great Royals team. So, you know, in a 15-team league where I'm kind of desperate for pitching, yeah, I'll probably put in a bid on it. I'm not going to go crazy, but I'm not adding him in 12-team leagues. I think he is a guy that you reserve to streaming at this point. I know he's got that name value. People remember him, but I don't think I'm going to be uh, very aggressive on him outside of a 15-team league if I'm desperate for pitching where I am in one league, so I'll have a small bid on him. I'm not going to go crazy. Chris Archer is going to play catch tonight. today. He's been out with that thumb injury, so it's the first time he has thrown since he landed on the injured list last week. So he is eligible to be activated on Tuesday, but we don't know if he's going to be ready at that point. Make sure you check me out this weekend, fulltimefantasy.com. I'll have the two-start pitcher article up for you, and there's some good options this week. You can also get a look at the waiver wire from Sean Childs, and if you're ready to draft, play FFWC.com. we got best ball drafts, slow drafts, live drafts, different price points, and head on over to playffwc.com slash dynastyforsale.php to take over an offering team today. The show will be back Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great weekend.